Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to the Post Questionnaire. 35 questions giving us insight into what makes creative people tick. We are really delighted to welcome um, actor and director Casey Lemons today to the Post Questionnaire. So first of all, thank you for joining us today. It's my, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And so, Caroline, I just wanted to take a minute, maybe, um, because we've actually talked before, of course. So, Casey, um, you have given us just amazing movies. So I've always loved Eve's Bayou. I've always been puzzled by it because it's a really complicated family drama and horror story. I rewatched Talk to Me about P.D. Green, and I, I actually have not cried and laughed so much in a movie with such rapid succession. And it's really a movie about <laughs> the power of language and the heartbreak a nation goes through. And it's kind of a movie that sort of previews what we're going through right now in America. It feels weirdly uh, relevant. Yeah. Weirdly relevant. So I really, just to our listeners or talk to me, you should just really go back and watch it again because it's just about, it's about a radio DJ in Washington who has to deal with the nation's tragedy and his own personal struggles. It's an incredible movie. I just loved it so much. And then most recently you've made um, Harriet, uh, which is kind of sort of heroic tale of, an, of a true American who is really sort of has this incredible career that I think a lot of people were not aware of actually the span of her story. And before we start, Caroline and I thought maybe you can say one thing also maybe what moved you in the last couple of years because you contributed so much to these conversations that we're going through right now. We just, and um, it's such an important thing, I think, to have you on the program because I really think you've really shifted the way in which America sees its own history. Yeah, I've always been super interested in American history um, and African-American history, which of course is, is the same thing. It's like, um, this is all American history and uh, history in general, and just the the lessons that are um, that are in it, and and the the characters, you know. And so I I always am most inspired by characters. That's usually where my writing starts. Um, and uh, so when you talk about talk to me, you know, that I was, I was really inspired by Petey Green, but Harriet is one of the most inspirational people that I've ever written about. Um, and of course, I thought I knew Harriet, um, like we, we all think we might know something about Harriet Tubman, and I thought I knew more than the average person. But in doing extensive research on her, I learned so much and my admiration grew. And so she was sensationally inspirational for me. Um, and just, I mean, at the time that I spent kind of intensely with her, uh, 
was it was such a gift. I mean, she brought a lot of light into my life and and um, I came to feel very close to her. And that was that was incredibly inspiring. And that's we also wanted to say that you're a writer, an actor, a director. You've talked a lot about that you're writing constantly. Um, Cynthia Arrivo carried that role to an Academy Award nomination, which I think is really, for a lot of people, very inspiring and really important. And then Carolyn and I both watched kind of by coincidence, the um, Finding Your Roots episode with, oh, God. with Dr. Henry Lewis. It's Gaines. amazing. It's amazing. This is, um, this is, this is my family tree, actually, oh, that I got from them. That's so good. Is that crazy? Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah. it was one of the most outrageous and um, interesting things I've ever done. Yeah. It really was. It was... Uh, it was like nothing I've ever experienced. Yeah. So we just want to recommend to people to check out this. Watch episode. that segment. Yeah. It's just really moving. And, and I actually love seeing your reactions to your own story, which shows how our own stories are not quite always our own stories. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was completely flabbergasted and, and you know, thrown off guard. I really was. I, I could not have possibly prepared myself for that. Yeah. No, and I, I think also if you're someone, um, I'm a biographer, and I, I so I, what, what you were talking about, kind of living with Harriet while you were writing about her is really how I've come to feel about my subjects and watching you and, and Pharrell too, the other, the yeah. other subject of that, um, of that Skip Gates segment. It, it was so moving to see you being connected to characters you know historical figures in your own past but who you know indeed like it's it, it's not easy to do research on Harriet Tubman but you know how and there's a, you know you can kind of yeah. gather up all like she's documented and uh so to find stuff about your own family and find that way of connecting to the past it was really it, it was exciting to see you um having that experience and you're right I can't imagine what else that would be like like what that would compare to it's kind of um it was kind of horrifying it was it was, <laughs> it was, like, it was horrifying <laughs> and exhilarating and embarrassing you know um and fulfilling I mean it was it was a lot of things it was like I went through every emotion and of course what you're seeing is um is very edited I mean it took <laughs> me through every single generation Oh, you know, wow. before we got to my great, great grand, you know, grandfather, um, you know, that, and I knew so little about my father's side at all. And he also went through my mother's side in detail. So there's a lot you don't see. I mean, we filmed for um, a whole day, you know, we filmed for hours and hours and wow. it was, it was just full of revelations and, um, you know, it, it, it kind of messes with who you think you are, you know? Huh. Yeah in yeah. a really interesting you, way. you think of yourself a little differently after discovering some of these I, things? I think that there are things that were validated and there are things that were totally stunning. Mm. You know, like um, my deep Southerness, just how long we've been in like Alabama, like, just like, you know, like Alabama and my family and just um, Georgia and just the South and how long we've been, you know, how, I don't know how deeply, deeply Southern my family is. And, um, and then how long the history is. I mean, most African-Americans lose track of their ancestors pretty quickly. We just weren't, you know, the records were, um, you know, they weren't that interested in, in who we were. And so our records are often lost. And of course, yeah. in, in slavery, you know, um, 
we were sold and you know um, people lost track of of your family very easily and so to be able to to say this relative this is the relative that came from africa you know is incredibly fulfilling yeah i mean i kind of really wanted you and caroline to meet because you both work with historical figures but mm -hmm. then in, and i don't want to give anything away from finding your roots but there's some a person in your family's background who makes a decision that is confounding but in some ways to give nuance to that psychological decision making which history cannot quite tell us because in history mm -hmm. you make a decision you end up there that's it but you are both doing the work to fill in with believability why people made certain decisions exactly come up with a whole character and an internal the coherence of us, which means we're also incoherent to ourselves, but you fill these. So Harriet is filled now with a life that the archive would not disclose entirely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting process, and I'd love to talk to you about that. So it, as soon as you said you're a biographer, I'm like, oh man, yeah. sit for days and and yeah. um, and talk about this because it it really is interesting. Like you know two people were in the same place at the same time yeah. and you know that they were friends for instance right. you know I mean? but in, yeah. terms, in terms of filling out what that conversation might have been like or you know um you know with Harriet when I talk about it it's like even in the thorough biographies that I read you know you get to eventually she made her way to Philadelphia and you're like okay well, not that helpful you know but with with Harriet what we did have is her exact words of what it felt like when she stepped into freedom you know what I mean it gives and, me chills yeah, yeah all over again and so um and so she said I looked at my hand so she said she said certain things that were very meaningful and so because um she did kind of a one-woman show to raise money for um for the Underground Railroad and abolitionists, she would do her life after she became a little bit celebrated. And so we do have her kind of words of what she said about her own life, but you're always filling in and trying to fill in and trying to glean, you know, what makes a character make a decision or, you know, or what yeah. was the true nature of a relationship. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean that too. And the, yeah, to what extent, do, you know, uh, at least because I'm a professor and kind of, you know, I feel I'm not a creative person. And so I always feel bound by on some level, the historical right. record. And yet it's not that satisfying to just get to a place where it's like, okay. And one day she went to Philadelphia, like right. you want to know what was the human experience. And I mean, and that's something that you just, you achieve so uh, magnificently. So that's why I say it's particularly inspiring to have you uh, here. But uh, yeah, I could talk to you about biography all day. Okay, I just started. So this question is uh, Casey. So I'm so excited to ask you this. What is your idea of perfect happiness? <laughs> yeah, that's such an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, I have, um, I have many answers to that. Um, it's, it's so funny because I, I I love work and I love what I do, but there's like having worked, you know, yes. <laughs> like a, <laughs> like a well-served day like, off, you oh, know. Or, having written is great. <laughs> yeah, having written is great. Um, I think my idea of perfect happiness in some ways is exceeding my expectations. Mm -hmm. um, having achieved something that I'm celebrating, you know, like a celebration after an achievement, that's like, a really great moment of happiness and or celebrating anything with my family. Um, but I think having uh, achieved something or being proud of myself um, for having achieved something 
it has to do with that. You know, it has to do with, um, let's see if I can put it succinctly, having exceeded my expectations or a lazy day spent in anticipation of working on something I love. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the next question goes in a different direction. What is your greatest fear? Um, definitely losing my creativity, you know, losing my mind in some way, you know, um, losing my ability to, to be creative. What is the trait that you most deplore in yourself? <sighs> chronic anxiety oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm anxious um I'm an anxious person and I have I, I very much admire people that are not anxious and um and it's you know it's hard I've been I was um I was always anxious I can remember in my yearbook somebody you know had we had to award traits to each other and and somebody wrote that I um my greatest trait was um calmness in a tense situation and they were being completely sarcastic because no <laughs> i uh, i've always been slightly hysterical you know oh. <laughs> um so yeah i i think that that's often the thing that i'm angriest with myself about mm. okay uh, how about the trait you most deplore in others the meanness <laughs> dishonesty and ignorance and the meanness that comes with dishonesty and ignorance which living person do you most admire? That is such a hard one. Um, it used to be uh, easy for me, but I, I, I'm gonna say this is kind of weird. But my daughter, I, my daughter Zora, who is um, a very beautiful, cheerful, altruistic, not anxious, um, <laughs> optimistic person. Uh, I really admire her how old is she 21 and has she been spending a lot of the uh quarantine with you she 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 did and she has but she's also a very independent woman which is another quality that that i admire in her and um you know she's doing her like zora's doing her she's in her she's in her, her last year at nyu um she's into environmental justice um she, she's an environmentalist and she's been working on that since she was in high school. Um, she's just very, a very accomplished, self-assured, kind of awesome young woman who we all, you know, kind of look up to in my family. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, did she do life coaching sessions? <laughs> do you, yeah, on loan to friends in need, uh, fellow floating, free-floating anxiety. That's, maybe we could have her Uli on the podcast. We, you know we, what I mean? <laughs> the environmental activism, that's just something we're, we're always looking for more people who work in that area because obviously it's so, so important. Yeah, she's what, awesome. What is your greatest extravagance? Um, I have a extravagant um, love for my children. Um, you know, kind of like, I don't know. I think of it sometimes as extravagant. I guess like a lot of mothers are like that where you feel like, wow, like, it, you know, there it, of course, it's boundless. The things that you ex that you accept about yourself as a parent, um, but it feels like a little over the top, even to me sometimes. Like, you know? <laughs> My daughter said to me, "Mom, why are you like this? Like, I just love you so much." <laughs> that and and um, sometimes buying birthday presents for my husband. 
Nice. Uh, I'll get like completely extravagant. This past birthday, I bought him a very, very, very small sailboat, but still it was like very oh. extravagant kind of, kind of <laughs> present to buy. Um, what is your current state of mind? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty happy, but I would say like, because it's me, like nervous anticipation. <laughs> um, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Nervous anticipation of anything specific, any new projects you can talk about or? Yeah, I'm about to go, um, I'm about to shoot um, the finale of the Women of the Movement. Um, oh. Women of the Movement is a, um, a six part series uh, on women of the civil rights movement. Um, and our, the first um, season is on Mamie Till, Emmett Till's mother. Hmm. Uh, and I'm shooting the finale of that. And I'm really excited about that. And um, I have a, a new deal, but it just happened. So it <laughs> just closed <laughs> literally today. So um, I don't know if I can talk about that oh, one Oh, share, share, please let us know. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know. We're the first ones to hear. <laughs> Maybe she wants to break the news on a larger outlet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can do it yet, yeah, but it, I'm, it, I'm you'll, gonna, be, you'll be sure to promote it once you release the information. Yes, once I, I once I, I will absolutely do that. And then um, I have a movie that I'm putting together. I'll tell you this: I have a movie I'm putting together. I have a series that I'm that I'm very excited about that we just set up. Oh um, wow! I'm really really excited oh. about it, and uh, you know, just just work in my career. Um, I have a lot of pretty excited anticipation. I should I should say excited anticipation and not so much nervous, but because it's me, I have an underlying nervousness all the time. <laughs> what do you consider the most overrated virtue? Probably piety. I think, um, yeah, I think that I don't quite um, see what the big deal is. <laughs> um, I, I, it, it, on one level, I admire it, but on another level, um, I think that they're a lot more humanitarian qualities um, and relevant qualities. Um, on what occasion do you lie? Definitely to, to save hurting somebody's feelings, most often, I would say, yeah, to spare someone's feelings. Um, and what do you, I hate this question, but what do you most dislike about your appearance? Yeah, you know, that's a, such a weird question, isn't it? Right? Yeah. That's a weird question. Yeah. yeah, it's a weird question. You know, I've been pretty okay with, with it, you know, for the most part. I have an out of place vertebrate on the back of my neck oh. um, that I'm mad at most often. You know, <laughs> when I used to dance and you always want a flat, beautiful neck mm -hmm. and I have a vertebrae that sticks out there that, um, Kind of bugs me. Okay, but most of the time you don't have to look at it, right? Because yeah, I, I, that's, that's a hard one. Me, you know. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't generally uh, look at at you know my physical appearance and get mad. You know, <laughs> it's just kind of like, hey, <laughs> this is what we're working with. Yeah. Hey. A friend of uh, mine from a year ahead of me in William College is a plastic surgeon and told me that the pandemic has been an unbelievable boom to his business because we all have to see our faces in ways right. that we really hadn't before. But I haven't gone there yet. And he did promise a friends and family discount, but I am worried about, I mean, you must see that in Hollywood all the time, right? Like yeah, the yeah, plastic yeah. surgery that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's gone wrong. So 
It seems to me like you get off easy if the, the vertebra, although that sounds painful too. Is that, does that, do you have nerve pain associated with that? Or? What I've heard is that, is that it, it gives you allergies. If you have a vertebra that's out in your neck, people often have allergies, which I do. Oh. Um, but uh, no, it's not, it's, it, it is sometimes painful, but it's more like aesthetic, especially when I was dancing, especially like a long time ago. And you just, you know, I would admire dancers' necks. <laughs> Mine was never perfect. Which living person do you most despise? Yeah, living people. You know, I I don't usually um, despise mm -hmm. people. I that's it's a very hard question, uh, and with a very obvious answer to me. <laughs> um, it, it, so the forty fifth president um, would have to get that prize as a living person. Uh, what is the quality you most like? in a man? Well, uh, honesty. So, you yeah. know, which rules out 45. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, integrity, I would have to say. So, you know, beyond honesty, integrity and intelligence. Do you think they go uh, together, think, intelligence and integrity? I, I haven't thought of them paired like that before, but. No, I mean, I think that um, honesty and integrity certainly do. Um, no, I don't think I don't think you have to be intelligent to have integrity. You 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 don't have to be um, particularly brilliant, let's say, to yeah. have integrity. I mean, I think integrity has to do with your your morality and your moral compass and your your honesty and um, fairness, reliability. I mean, at the risk of being, this is not meant to be in any way um, a simplification, but Harriet. Eve's by you and talk to me all about integrity. Yes. All these struggles and it's really, that's why I think they're so gripping because anyone can relate. What does it mean to be yourself in under difficult conditions? Mm -hmm. Very different situations, of course, very different characters, but they're all in about integrity in a way and how to stay with it and whether there's a price to pay also. I think the next question, Carolyn and I always preface is these are such antiquated question for today. So what is the quality you most like in a woman? Well, yeah, I mean, very similar, right? I mean, why would it be different? Um, uh, integrity, intelligence, and a sense of humor, I would say. Um, certainly if I, if I look at my friends and even the men around me, but the women around me, they're all very funny. And I, I do realize that I value humor and laughing and um, it's important to me. <laughs> Which words or phrases do you most overuse? Definitely, I'm sure I've definitely said definitely already, probably <laughs> I say quite a bit. Definitely have, yes. Definitely have. Um, what or who is the greatest love of your life? In my family, easy one. <laughs> when and where were you happiest? I, I think I'm gonna give probably a typical answer um, for this one as well, but it, it's true like the, you know, looking at my children's faces for the first time, you know, yeah. uh, the, the, when you can really absorb it, the quiet, when you first are able to absorb, this is my child, this is the baby mm -hmm. I just had. Um, those were extraordinary, just extraordinary moments that I, that I remember vividly as, as being just filled with joy. Which talent would you most like to have? Perfect instincts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then I'm like, would that would that make life boring? But you know, I don't know. I think that if if I could have a superpower, that's what it would be. Perfect instincts. Um, yeah, inner calm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
No anxiety. No anxiety. Yeah. Be like Zora. That's like it. Zora. <laughs> Again, my future, my my future life coach. I'm so excited to find someone. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I wanted to ask you this though about the nervousness. I can't tell how much of my free floating anxiety has to do with just a caffeine level. Are you, does yours fluctuate according to caffeine intake or is it? Well, is it definitely really? caffeinated um, mm. and I love caffeine, mm. um, but no, I just, I'm, I have always have a little vibration, underlying vibration of anxiety that sometimes I just like get tired of, you know? Yeah. I know friends of mine are like, well, you should really meditate. And then it makes me more nervous. Like, oh God, <laughs> I'm failing my life. I'm not meditating. Um, but Caroline, you- since you brought up caffeine, they did invent other substances to balance that out. Yeah. The, yeah. Sub- the, other, the other substances are good. <laughs> <laughs> Just because this is like an adult conversation. I think there's yeah. other substances besides coffee. Yeah. Actually. yeah. No, like well, you're right. We're, we're equal opportunity substance on this program. Right. Um, if you could change one thing about yourself, uh, what would it be? Well, that's what it would be. I would, I would find my inner calm. Okay. Yeah. The poet Rilke was offered psychoanalysis. He actually met Freud in 1914 and he said, well, sounds really tempting and he'll exorcise all of my demons, but he'll scare away all the angels of creativity too. So, so in some ways you don't want to change fear. that inner makeup maybe. Right. Yeah, it's a fear. It is. Um, and it's why I wouldn't take... Um, I wouldn't take drugs for it, you know, because yeah. um, it scares me that it's something that is so much a part of me, that it's a part of my creativity. It could be generative, right? Like the kind of, when you, when you said it's kind of like a hum or an underlying kind of current, maybe yeah. generate something. <laughs> um, what would, what do you consider your greatest achievement? You know, my, my children, my, my family. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, and I think uh, you know, I've been married to the same person for a really long time. Yeah, how long? Roughly? We have been married for 26 years. Wow. Yeah, 26 years. And, um, you know, we, we were a pretty tight family um, that we we were able to spend a lot of time this past year together and still like each other, you know. Um, and, you know, I feel that's a pretty great accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Well, you've, oh, also, yeah. you've also worked with your husband, right? So you he's been in, in your film. So Andy Curtis Hall, of course, has many accomplishments, mm-hmm. but he's been in several of your films, right? He has. He's been in four of my films, four of my five films. So, so you get along even after that. Yeah, we get along. We get along and we laugh a lot. Um, we laugh a lot in my family. Um, mm-hmm. Laughter is very important to us. We laugh a lot, you know, and uh, I think that yeah, I think that's that's one of the pieces of magic for us is humor and laughter. At the Golden Globes, they honored Norman Lear, who produced all these sitcoms in the 70s. He's 98 years old. And he said during his Zoom sort of tribute that the reason why he's 98 is because he's been laughing so much with people. He said, oh. I always laugh with others. And he said he genuinely believes that has allowed him to live. The, and, He's 98 and still working, so it's kind of mind-boggling. I was at the Golden Globes. I thought I can hardly sit for three hours in one chair. But, <laughs> <laughs> but laughter is is, is something life-affirming in a way. This, so it is. Yeah, I, I can't live without it. You know, it, I've realized, you know, it's incredibly important to me. Um, if you were to die and come back as a person or a thing, what would that be? 
a badass black woman. <laughs> <laughs> so more of the same. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> uh, even badder ass black woman. <laughs> a less nervous badass. A less black nervous. <laughs> a badass black woman with inner calm. <laughs> okay. That's great. I like that too. In fact, people sometimes ask Uli and me what our answers to these questions are. And I'm just going to have to steal yours. For my... <laughs> <laughs> Please, God, let me come back as a badass Black woman. <laughs> um, where would you most like to live? In the present. <sighs> you know, it's something that, um, it's something that I'm always searching for. You know, just trying to be in the present in the moment and not always um, thinking, worrying about the future or, or, you know, thinking so hard about the future that you're not in the moment or dwelling on the past so much that you're not in the moment. Uh, so I think like in the present moment would be where I'd most like to be. Is there something in when you were, as a filmmaker, when you're directing, is there something where you really have to be in that moment when you're doing a scene because you have so much at stake, but it has to work? It's my favorite, favorite thing. And it's what I always tell my students. You know, you have to be present enough to, to feel the alchemy that's happening in front of you. Mm -hmm. You have to be present enough to feel the magic and to see it and to know what it is, you know, when you see it and to feel the physical sensations of like the hairs raising on the back of your neck or, you know what physically is happening to you um, when you when you're witnessing what's in front of you, and and it it is the time that I'm most in the moment. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, when was the first time you had that experience in terms of filmmaking, and you had that kind of radical presence? You know, I think it was the it was probably my first short narrative film, Doctor mm -hmm. Hugo, okay. um, that I really had that sense of being right there with the performers. Um, definitely by the time I got to Eve's Bayou, I was like, this is a great, this is a wonderful feeling. In fact, I love this feeling. Yeah. And as an actor, when you've been in front of the camera, how do you have to have a similar kind of sense of you're in the chemistry of that moment? Absolutely. And in a way as a writer, right? So I always say like writing, you know, is being still enough to, to hear and feel the words that are coming through you, right? So in order to create, you have to be in the moment. And it's one of the things that I love about um, creativity. You know, you, you have to feel what's coming through you and be still enough and present enough to, to see what's happening around you as a director, to see what's happening in front of you. And um, yeah, as an actor, you you have to feel, you have to let it come through. You have to be in the moment. You have to react, you know? And um, so, yeah, always. Oh, it's beautiful. It's you know, what I'm I gonna, strive for. I'm not always there, you know, I'm not always there, but it's what I strive for. I'm gonna embarrass Caroline, but actually her book on late 19th century French culture, Bruce Duchess, every page is so electric because I think Caroline, you have this capacity to hold all these different people in your mind. But somehow mm -hmm. when I read the book, I was so in it in a world that is very remote to me that actually it's very unusual for a writer to be able to balance all these different things out and not overthink it. Mm -hmm. Although it's a so deeply researched book, but in some way, I think all the research steps, steps back and you sort of give the, re the presence of that time 
to the reader, which is really strange mm -hmm. because it's a historical period so lost to us today. Yeah. What is the name of the book? Oh, it's called, I, I literally have a thousand unsold copies. I can send you one with no expectation it. that you read it, but it's called Proust's Duchess. And it was about basically aristocratic culture in late 19th century Paris. And um, these women who were kind of horrible to Marcel Proust, but who he idolized from afar and then turned into a, a fictional character. But the it, what you were talking about, about even when writing, you're kind of being still and hearing those words. I used to think, I used to think when I was going into that world because it was a quadruple biography, and so I had a lot of voices in my head. But I used to, I used to think of myself as like, I'm kind of now I'm going underwater. Like I'm now I'm leaving the surface life, which is walk the dog, go to work, pay my bills, and I'm going under into kind of that element or that atmosphere of you know where the where the creativity needs to come from where the material needs to come from but it's it was interesting to hear you phrase that about writing because it made more oddly enough it made more intuitive sense to me hearing you talking about directing or acting things that i don't know how to do uh, but i really i like i like the idea that with writing there is a kind of there's a, a version of that as well you have to be in present. the zone you know you think of yeah. it as kind of you're you're in the zone and you're yeah you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a friend who always says, history is coming alive. You know, keep on. So yeah, Uli, thank you for the testimonial. I paid him to do that in front of you. Um, <laughs> but Caroline, I'm going to make you repeat a sentence because I had a problem on the sound. Oh, so the sorry. book about these three women who become the basis for this fictional character. But what I really thought, what were those women? They're the fancy women, kind of obnoxious, but you actually gave them a different dimension that they're they lived in a really kind of hostile culture in a way. Yeah, they lived in, you know, the the misogyny is such a big part of, you know, so much Western culture, obviously. And um, one of the things that was really interesting about, about these women is that they, indeed, on the surface, they seemed kind of like horrible people. So many of my friends in France said, why would you want to write about these countesses and these kind of society ladies? Um, but you know, with any life, when you kind of immerse yourself in it, I'm not sure I would have this reaction either in, you know, with our 45th president, but immersing yourself in the kind of intimate experience of anybody's life and realizing none of these women were allowed to get divorced. They weren't allowed to vote. They didn't, they couldn't have their own money. You know, two of them were physically abused by their husbands. And yet like what Proust saw was the sort of, they're at the ballroom and they're in the family diamonds and everything looks great. And it was, um, it was very moving to see there, uh, one of the women in particular, her her descendants shared 200 boxes, huge boxes of her private papers with me. Wow. And so you see like the teardrops on the page and the, in her honeymoon diary at the moment when she realizes that her honey, her husband, who she thought she was in love with has brought his mistress along on the honeymoon oh and is God. staying one castle over in the country. So, you know, that kind of, it feels voyeuristic, but, um, but I mean, it is again, because this is about your work and, and how much we, we value that, like for you to be able to restore that kind of humanity with the, uh, the texture and the depth that you do to your subjects, it's, it is a really wonderful thing, um, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that it feels good to have done or maybe sometimes to be doing because I, you know, it's also a, it's a service to, uh, to the rest of us when, when you, when you can do that, when you can make history come alive, but also make people's humanity more evident to us, I think. That's, that's what we, that's what we do, you know, What's, yeah. um, but it, it, I think it comes from being deeply interested in humanity. I really am. And that's, that's why I, I don't usually um, despise 
people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't um, say that I really despise, you know, it's easy to despise Hitler, but it's, it's, it's hard to despise a living person. I don't even know if it's true that I despise Trump. Yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, I feel somebody living purely in their own ego, you know, and at the risk of everything else is, um, is pretty despicable. Yeah. Um, what is your most treasured possession? My family, um, my creativity. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, my creativity, if, if it's something that I possess, I guess we don't possess our families. <laughs> they're, they're, um, you know, at this point, um, it would be those two things. I mean, do we possess our families? I don't know. But, but I, I have, I, I do have my family that I'm very grateful for, and and I have my creativity, and it's very, very important to me. What do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Grief. I lost my sister, mm-hmm. um, 2011. We were extremely close. It's, I mean, extremely close, and she was also a lot of the glue, you know, she was the person we, we orbited around a lot in my family. And, um, and that, that grief was, uh, it's just a terrible thing. It's something that, you know, I guess uh, very few people are spared it in life, um, but it's, uh, yeah, lowest depth of misery. What is your favorite occupation? Artist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're doing it. You're... <laughs> You no, know, sometimes people are like, oh, I would maybe be a concert pianist or, you know, something totally different to what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought, um, I've always thought conductors were really interesting, oh. you know? but I think that there's a kinship between um, conducting and filmmaking, you know. I was going to say, aren't you basically a conductor in that sense, right? Yeah. You're pulling together all the instruments and all the players. And- An artist, I mean, I think that all of the arts are very interesting in that you are, um, asking this vital question, you know, this moves me, does it move you? The communication of, of humanity, you know, that reaching out um, and, and trying to move other people. It's, it, it's like reinforcing our humanity. So I, I do, I, I love that profession. <laughs> what is your most marked characteristic? And we believe that means the trait that you believe other people noticing you first or well, predominantly, but. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if other people have to notice it first, <laughs> I would say warmth, you know, um, that's what people most comment on, you know, mm-hmm. um, for me personally, and I don't know if it's something that, um, if ha- how you, you receive this, um, how, how it looks to other people, mm-hmm. but I, I would say for me, it's optimism. You know, even in the face of like, uh, you know, crazy reality. I mean, I think the reason I've been in show business for so long is because I'm kind of an optimistic person. And just, um, you know, and peppy. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty peppy. I wake up pretty cheerful. You know, I think those are good to kind of job skills in uh, entertainment and film industry and acting to be an optimist. <laughs> um, what do you most value in your friends? <laughs> Humor humor and intelligence who are your favorite writers all right so I have a lot I I have a lot of favorite writers I would say Toni Morrison uh, has been incredibly important to me in my personal development as an artist Um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez the same James Baldwin uh, Shakespeare Proust yay really 
Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah, it was huge. It was hugely important to me. Um, it was hugely important to me, and I love it the way that it sounds in French. You know, yeah. de ton produit. I love that. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just beautiful and evocative. But um, particularly Swan in Love. But the just. Oh. <laughs> You know, but I, I loved um, remembrances of things past. I just, it, it was a very important book to me. Um, and even though now I have reread it in the past 20 years, but the first time that I read it, I was young and it was just like, just blew me away. And the whole idea of kind of, it's a crazy idea to me, but not participating in society, but writing about it in a reflective way. I think is is um, super fascinating. And then certain things in Proust really spoke to me. Uh, and one thing in particular came into a piece of writing. It's a screenplay that I never made, but was very much inspired by um, the musical phrase that he, he couldn't get oh, out of. Oh, yeah, Avanta, yeah. And just the the, idea love, the national anthem of their love, Swan being and Maddie. Haunted by uh, by a phrase of music and you know that kind of thing I mean I, I really um I do it's it's no joke I love I love Proust um let's see did I forget anybody um yeah that's it who is your favorite the the way the question is phrased is hero of fiction but again like fictional protagonist in whatever media you know film tv fiction I have a somewhat controversial answer that probably needs a lot of explanation hmm. um but Jesus, the, the Jesus that is portrayed in, you know, I don't know. I mean, I also like reading about historical Jesus, but there are, I've read, and I certainly when I was younger, any book, even now I gravitate towards any book that talks about Jesus um, in a kind of, as a character, you know, uh, that, you know, the, the many, many, many novels about Jesus where Jesus is a protagonist, I've read most of them. And, um, and some of them have made just, tremendous um impression on me a tremendous impression on me um the last temptation of christ and, uh, i remember read i remember where i was when i read it yeah um, oh really yeah i think that's and, really interesting to see the figure of jesus as a character because it's almost impossible to see him outside of christianity but once you see him as a story it's so compelling it's, it's such it's a compelling funny. story yeah. and he has such amazing qualities and he's um you know he's tortured uh yeah in a way but um yeah i think it's this is quite a beautiful character um i think that i think historical jesus also would be a very interesting person to meet and and there's a lot to be admired there but the way that that he's come out in in um literature and in fiction and and the biblical stories and the you know i don't know they're, they're full of magic and and it's um it's a very very compelling character yeah. and then my second one might be don quixote <laughs> 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 yeah. I, we're seeing a theme <laughs> yeah um let's see hmm. there's in in i really love a character in um zadie smith's book on beauty uh, the mother Kiki mm -hmm. and the way she 
the way she loved her children, it reminds me of myself, you know, like it, it, um, the way she thought about her children all the time and her pride in her children. That's a, a, a female character that I really love. Uh, which historical figure, an actual figure, do you most identify with? I cannot answer this question. I, I, it's a very difficult question for me. I don't know who I identify with. I mean, I admire a lot of people, but I can't, uh, in terms of who I identify with, um, I don't know. I mean, I identify with a lot of a lot of people, but I can't say I'm nothing like Harriet. You know, um, I'm I'm I identify I identify with Shirley Chisholm, but I'm nothing like Shirley Chisholm. You know, I don't really um, like. It's a very difficult question for me to to answer. Mm -hmm. Who do you most identify? Can I ask you? I want to ask you these questions. <laughs> yeah, because it, there's a such arrogance in it. To think, like, That's I'm the problem. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, people who are like, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I identify with Napoleon or Wagner or you yeah. know, it, there's I know. like, I identify with, you know, somebody who was working in the library while Marie Antoinette was doing something else. I don't, yeah, it's, it's hard to find in history without sounding like an egomaniac. Even right, if, exactly. as you say, there are things you admire or when you've lived I also did write a, a biography once of Marie Antoinette. And I think, at least for me, they're writing biography. I always wind up having more of an identification with the subject than I expected to at the start. So I certainly would not say I just categorically identify with Proust or Marie Antoinette or any of the women I was telling you about. But I think while working on them, it becomes easier to imagine living in that life. But I think that's different than you know who I, as my kind of independently formed personality, see myself in in history. Yeah, Uli, who would you, do you have any? Nobody, and I kind of think that makes me, Oscar Wilde has this famous quote where he says, you know, you shouldn't try to live like anybody, like you try to live like yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Yeah. <laughs> like this, yeah. this idea that identify with someone's life, I feel like I the know. next 20 minutes, I'm gonna make choices that make no sense in any other's life. So there's right. something about this, as if the shape of someone else's life, which is much vaster than mine would be, couldn't like what would that even it seems both self-aggrandizing and also it wouldn't fit me I can't I really answer that question tried to answer yeah. and I could not you know <laughs> yeah it makes me want to go back and listen to what some of our other guests have said and I I, I know that we've had a number of guests actually say they they don't have one so you're you're not alone in that sense and to any of our guests who did answered this positively. I don't mean to imply that they were egomaniacs, but yeah, it just, when I'm asked the question, it feels so, um, it feels so presumptuous. Um, maybe also because as a biographer of Marie Antoinette, I have occasionally found myself on like lectures where there are Marie Antoinette impersonators, like people who really feel deeply about her. Wow. And a masquerade or, you know, appear as her. So um, there's that kind of identification too, but, um, but that's maybe another subject. Who are your heroes in real life, Casey? Yeah, I mean, um, well, Harriet, yeah. you know, Harriet is, is a true, like a true hero, you know, <laughs> of mine. Um, but, you know, Dr. King, mm -hmm. um, freedom fighters everywhere mm -hmm. and first responders, I've got to say, I've just find that incredibly heroic, you know, to throw yourself in into a dangerous situation to save others. Um, first responders are my heroes. What are your favorite names? Oh, well, Hunter and Zora are my children. Um, Zoe, uh, so those are those are some of my favorite names: Hunter, Zora, and Zoe. 
uh, Zadie. I like Z names. Um, Muriel. So Muriel was my aunt. And um, I heard that at my birth, my mother considered naming me Muriel. Oh. And so I have an alter ego um, named Muriel Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for some reason, that name is, it's always had some beauty to me. Um, Elijah and Isaiah, I've always loved. Naima, um, Colette. Those are all beautiful names. Wow. And I like that they're kind of in different genres. You know, Elijah and Isaiah, you see kind of belonging together or the Z names. I, and Muriel Michelle is great. Is the alter ego, is it like a stage persona like Sasha Fierce or? She's not a stage person. She's almost a literary persona. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's almost a literary persona. She's definitely not a stage persona. Yeah. Uh, I think of her as part of my writing self. Yeah. She's my... Muriel Michelle is my Muriel Michelle. She's like my Southern writer. Oh, uh, okay. You know, she's a piece of me. We had in the summer, we had Pietra Parker and Miss Cookie Dough, who are two drag performers. Mm. So they explained actually how they use those personas to allow themselves to do things that they really were not, really didn't have access to when they were younger and something. It was quite interesting, but that was definitely stage persona, except they were not on stage. This is actually how they are able to sort of do certain things. And they yeah. were very clear. They said, okay, we, we, we put on makeup and a dress. This is actually, we perform something. Mm -hmm. But it was very creative in a way and they use it as a handle in order to do something. It was really kind of, to me, really kind of exciting to see this is actually just used as another to be in the world in a different way it was kind of yeah, to, it can be freeing you know you're not um an alter ego you're not doesn't necessarily have the baggage that you have you know so, so uh, i can understand it completely it allows you freedom and i think that a lot of um pop stars and you know they, they use an alter ego it's because it's freeing what is it that you most dislike I mean i guess i went to what i most dislike in people which i which i think i've i've mentioned before, but like the meanness that comes from insecurity, mm -hmm. arrogance, or ignorance. What is your greatest regret? Any time that I've hurt people without intending to, or even intending to, but then you regret it. Sometimes I re I've regretted being overly protective in certain situations. How would you like to die? Well, in my sleep at an old age, <laughs> um, <laughs> just having had a fantastic meal. And something I think a lot about is um, hearing uh, the laughter of, of my children or grandchildren um, or great-grandchildren, you know, but hearing that my mother-in-law uh, passed away just after uh, Vondi and, and his siblings were laughing. You know, they were laughing about something and then they noticed she had passed away. They were, they were sitting a vigil, you know, but I, I've always thought that that was kind of lovely to hear. I, I, I love the sound of my children laughing. And so, you know, I would hope that if it were a situation where somebody was sitting a vigil, you know, that, that there would be laughter there, you know. What is your motto? I guess it would be enjoy the journey. That's what I'm always saying to my students. Enjoy the journey enjoy the process keep keep going don't let anything stand in your way aim high aim high keep going one of the mistresses of louis the 15th 
was uh, in order to even be presented at court. So in order to be a mistress of the king, you had to be have an aristocratic title, even if you weren't an aristocrat, as was the case of this woman, Madame du Barry. And so she kind of had what most of the court aristocracy were horrified by, but she had a lot of fun coming up with her own coat of arms and her own heraldic motto. You know, yeah. so these, fam these old families have heraldic mottos. And hers was, and I really love it. And she would have it like emblazoned on the side of her carriage was push ahead, like push ahead. forward. And, you know, that to, to the snotty court aristocracy that sounded so, you know, arriviste and like, you know, she's just going to keep pushing her way in. And she, but I really, a woman, she was a woman who faced enormous obstacles and it was born into prostitution and had really kind of a horrible life in many ways. And, and yet she was, and she's never been a character I particularly love, but when I think about that motto, it gives me a little bit of fondness for her to yeah. just, yeah, push forward. Caroline and I added one more question, Casey, which is who would you like to hear answer these questions? You know, right now, you two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to say, I want to hear Caroline because who has the mistress of Louis XIV in your, in your head like this. So they're, great. They're alive and they're, I can see this woman with her carriage arriving. Me too. All, all the being scandalized. And the, and the king says, please come in. I love yeah, it. It's so, she had diamonds on the soles of her shoes too. So that when she did the curtsy, everyone would have to look. It's, she's kind wow. of great. Yeah, but. I want to read yeah. all your books. <laughs> Again, I have unsold copies like boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Um, I will send them to you, but yeah, again, with no no assumption. It's always such an embarrassing thing, right? You give someone your book and it feels wow. like a demand, right? Like <laughs> you're gonna take time out of your busy life to read this. I think yeah. you, you happen to have um, intersected with some of my areas of interest though, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> like, you know, Marie Antoinette, I mean, how fascinating. Yeah, no, she's a she's she's more interesting than I gave her credit for, I think. But yeah, so anytime you want to have a follow up chat about biography, I, I'm I'm here and available and nervous and ready to talk. We're we're gonna we just want to thank you again, and Casey. I also want to underline really that, I mean, you teach at NYU as I do, so that's why I met you the first time a long time ago. But such an inspiration, and I also just want to underline how important it is for you as an African-American woman to be a director. We had Alice Wu on this podcast, who's one of the few and pioneering Asian-American yeah. women directors. Chloe Zhao just won. Um, yes. Who is Amazing. So we're very proud. So we actually think part of what we try to do is just to be inspired and you're just an amazing person to have given us this work. And I just, for our listeners again, I just want to repeat, it's Harriet, the most recent film with Cynthia Erivo, then talk to me, Eve's by Blake Black Nativity. So a lot of films, so people can look that up. They're all available now online. And then the series you're doing now on the women of the rights movement. So we really just so can't um, wait and grateful. Yes. And then I do want to say your Twitter is Casey underline lemons with two M and an S at the end. People can two, follow two you M's with an S at the end. find out what you're doing. Um, and the Pooh's questionnaire is um, on Instagram, Pooh's question, Pooh's does dot questionnaires. People can look that up because we post all the new episodes on both Instagram and on YouTube so people can access that wherever they are. Casey, thank you so much. This was a, beyond a treat. Definitely the highlight of 2021 to date for me. So really thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much. No, I mean, I was just thinking about, you know, kind of women in the civil rights movement. There's so much women's history that 
still needs to be written. And it's thrilling to me that, that you're continuing that work too. So uh, I really, I can't wait. Can you also just name your Instagram so people can find this? I want to just repeat, it's Casey underline Lemons, L-E-M-M-O-N-S on Twitter. But our listeners, I just want to be sure they can find us. And Caroline, if you name your Instagram, which is also a fantastic resource. Yes, I'm, I'm Caroline Weber 2020. And that's Weber with one B on Instagram. And um, yeah, come and find me there. But especially Proust Questionnaire for anything pertaining to this this podcast, which we've just done such a thrilling one uh, with Casey Lemons. It's, it's a thrill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.